Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello, parents. Welcome to another great episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am super excited to welcome my guest here today. Keisha Tower is a mommy like many of us, and a podcaster of the Kentucky Mama podcast, a writer about all things involving motherhood, and especially the difficult topics. And what we want to talk about today is all these things that society puts on us as parents that, you know, let's face it, we're human, we can't do everything. Although we as mothers try to be everything to everyone, it is physically impossible, and sometimes we forget that we even exist. So I'm so excited that Keisha is here. Keisha, welcome to Pumped Up Parenting. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> Good to have you here. So let's go for, we started talking before. <laughs> we started, we actually pushed the record button, and we're like, wait, stop. You know, <laughs> we're making a podcast. We need the record button. And we started talking about the pressures that still exist in COVID land with um, basically now like we have kids attending school at home, we still have our jobs, we still have other kids that maybe are going to daycare, we have meals to cook, beds to sleep in, trying to find fun and relaxation and all this craziness. And it's a lot, it's a whole lot. And we try to live up to all these expectations of superwoman, supermom. And a lot of times it's not possible. And then we feel guilty and we feel like a terrible mother. So take it away, Keisha, and talk about (laughs) it. Yeah, so um, thank you again for having me. So uh, as as Celia said, I um, I am a mom of three kids. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and uh, my youngest will be two in May, so... I'm crazy, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, um, you know, my oldest started kindergarten this year, which has been everything but normal, so to speak for her, you know, she has no idea what normal looks like, you know, Um, sitting in front of a computer all day is school for her. Um, You know, where for me, where the societal pressures come in is, um, like you said, all of this just kind of like falls on mothers and even I mean I'm just one of how many mothers in this world and I have been expected to maintain my full-time job um when last year 
Um, I was home with my kids for five months while doing my job. Luckily, there was no schooling at that time. Um, but the kids were all one year younger. My youngest was still breastfeeding. I mean, it was just like, it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with. And um, so I've always had like anxiety and uh, depression and uh, post kids, you know, I had postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. Uh, mine tends to peak at like uh, six months to a year. So I was like, right in the thick of that, you know, my youngest was 10 months old when everybody got sent home pretty much. And um, I mean, I hit a wall. I hit a breaking point. I was having anxiety attacks um, often. And um, even though I was in therapy, you know, I had uh, coping mechanisms in place, but it's still, it's just kind of like, no one has lived in a time where you're expected to do all of these things. Um, I mean, even, so I'm 33 years old, like, I, I still feel young, you know, and I would even, you know, <laughs> like even my, <laughs> oh, I called you for a second. And because Keisha, something is scratching. There's like a, like your mic oh, okay. is rubbing yeah. against something. Got or, it. I'll hold it, it. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. You're 33 years old and you are young. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, and I think that we just kind of expect, like even our, like our parents never dealt with this. Our grandparents never dealt with this type of thing. You know, I mean, there's no handbook on how to parent during a pandemic and hold your full-time job and take care of however many kids you have. I mean, um, and as an anxious person, I, I'm a controlling person. And let me tell you, uh, I have never relinquished so much control in my life. Well, um, over the past or did it feel bad? Um, a combination. So at first when I was still trying to control everything. So, you know, when I first got sent home, um, as everyone, I think the expectation was, oh, two weeks, two weeks, you're going to be at home. And then, you know, and here we are literally one year later, and I'm still working from home the majority of the time, you know, my oldest has she's in school uh, two days a week and then is at home the other three. Um, anyways, I would, I drove myself into the ground trying to do it all. Um, I was waking up at four and five in the morning to get work done before the kids woke up. And then I don't even have to go into any type of explanation, but if you have young kids, you know, the majority of them wake up at the crack of dawn and they're raring to go. So then, I mean, as soon as they wake up, it's just kind of like, sorry, but for lack of a better word, like balls to the wall. And you know, it's breakfast playing one needs this one needs that. Um, you work for three minutes, then you take a 30 minute break, because then it's, you know, a breakfast number three for the day. And then you work for another five minutes, and then it's lunchtime. So um, and, and that's why, for the most part, women have a difficult time getting stuff done. Like yeah. I know, I've been an entrepreneur ever since my children have been little. And, you know, they're now all in their thirties. They're your age. I could be your mommy, but um, <laughs> they're, you know, when they were growing up, I worked at home. I, you know, I did stuff at the home, but I worked at home and you, you know, you find yourself that one of the difficulties of being an at-home mom 
is that, you know, that is working at mm -hmm. home is that you start something and then you get interrupted. And then you start something again, you get interrupted and you realize that it takes you hours and hours <laughs> to finish something mm -hmm. that should have taken you a half hour, yep. you know, and, and you get distracted and then you're like, oh, where was I? Yep. And you're, you're like starting all over again and recollecting <laughs> your thoughts, yep. which is why first in like time management and areas yep. of that say that, that multitasking doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. Except that for moms and moms, stay at home moms and moms working at home, multitasking is not an option. Mm -hmm. You have to multitask. Yeah. Because your tasks are all over the place yep. and uh, you have to do that. And it's a lot of pressure not to, yep. to, you know, to be expected to work full time, parent full time, let your kids go to school mm -hmm. and do all that yep. and figure out how is that going to all fall into place? Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback on that, um, you know, so I've talked about, you know, having the full-time job and then having the kids um, and then maintaining household stuff. I mean, it's just, it just, it all just starts to, it, it all just starts to pack and, and build. And like I said, I just kind of hit my breaking point and I was just, I remember, I, I, I a thousand percent remember the day that I called my husband, um, and I walked, I had walked outside, two of the kids were asleep. And I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. We have to figure something out. Like society is failing mothers. It's exactly, I'm exactly what I said to him. I'm like, to have this expectation put on mothers, like I am dying. I am, I am literally dying right now. Like I am not okay. This is not okay. We have to figure something else out. Like we have to, um, because in that moment, I was not being a good anything, a good person, a good mom, a good wife, a good friend. I mean, I, I just wasn't. I was irritated all the time. Um, I was angry all the time. I mean, you know, I and again, I had, you know, I was in therapy. I, you know, I was still weekly. You know, I was still having all of these things, but it just wasn't enough. You know, one hour of therapy a week wasn't going to wash away the other, you know, 40 hours in the week that I was trying to work. And on top of that, just everything else. Um, so about that time is kind of when things slowly in my area. So I'm in Kentucky started to kind of open back up a little bit. Um, the kids started going to daycare for like a limited time. Like it was, they could only be there from like nine to three, which that helped, but it's still just like, it just still wasn't enough. And then, um, being like reintroduced back to work and stuff, you know, for something that I, um, I have built myself kind of on being a career woman. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in a pretty, uh, and I say this with like, um, I say it with pride, like I'm, I'm in a pretty powerful, like accounting position and it's what I've worked for, um, for a long time. And to have COVID kind of happen, I, it, uh, it totally made me rethink everything. Um, I always wanted to be like this full-time working, like badass mom type of thing. And now I'm just like, I'm, I'm ready to do things for myself. I'm ready because society's not changing. No, it's not changing. There's even no understanding for the needs of family. You know, a lot of other countries have 
family breaks and family vacation time and family maternity time and all mm -hmm. that, not just the woman, the dad too, whereas America has yet to really yeah. respect family. Yeah. And we're not respected in the workplace. There are very few companies that incorporate daycare into the workplace. So you can actually bring your children to work where there's a daycare and it's, they, we still don't get it here in yeah. America. We still no. don't understand that family's the core of everything. I, I'm speaking in a conference next week. Well, it won't be next week by the time this airs. <laughs> I was speaking in a conference. Let me go into the future. <laughs> and I'm speaking on how it all starts at yep. home. Mm -hmm. And all that stress, if your home is so stressed out, how can you possibly expect your day to go well? How yep. can you expect your work to go well? How can you expect your children to be successful in school? Right. They can't. Mm -hmm. They're they're eating all that stress that you're spitting out. You know, a thousand percent. Exactly. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. And I just, it's just, um, yeah, it's totally made me rethink things. You know, um, I just seen something on the internet the other day. You know, the nine to five will always be here. There will always be a nine to five job. How does that accommodate to anyone that has kids when school is from like nine to three? So right. then what? Then you have to figure something like, like I said, nothing is changing. So what can I change? Like I can change what I do for work. I can do something for myself. Um, so if anything, the silver lining is I'm trying to get out of my nine to five and I'm actually in hopefully two or three months um, opening up my own CrossFit gym. Yeah. to try and start. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I'm very passionate about it. Um, you know, I won't be able to like quit right away, but it's just like, it's a step in like the right direction to getting me out of the nine to five, just because again, I'll just say it again. Like society is not changing. It's not going to change. If COVID did not make our society change and take a look at what is going on in the world with work and mothers and children, like I, what will you know what I mean I don't think anything will so I think I think the benefit to COVID is there are a lot of corporations that are realizing that people can work from home yes and they can still run their business and I think it's going to affect commercial real estate greatly because people are going to be like why am I paying these you know tens of thousands of dollars for rental space when my my employees can work from home um you know, my, my nephew, he was in Massachusetts or New Hampshire, one of those, and he works for a company and he was going to move to Florida. He did move to Florida and he was going to quit. But when he talked to the company, they were like, well, if you can do it in New Hampshire, you can do it in Florida. And so he kept his job and it's working out great. And I think that part they're going to realize. However, I do not think like I said before, and you said before, they're going to understand the balance required yep. between being a parent, devoting the necessary time and effort to your children and doing the same for your work. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got to, there's got to be a balance. Yeah. And for me, I mean, it's a personal choice for me to work. Like I, and I enjoy working. Like I enjoy being a productive member of society. Like I enjoy, and that's not to say like, if you are a stay at home mom, I give you all the props in the world because 
that is a hard job. And I have been exposed to that more than I ever thought I would in the past year. And I, you know, hats off to stay at home moms. It's not something I want to do. Um, I enjoy working. So I always want to work, you know, but it's just kind of, um, I'm just ready to, to do something else for myself. But like you said too, um, you know, I am very lucky to work for a company that has been one that, that you said, you know, it's, um, they have realized and they've even like measured productivity rates and productivity's up from a lot of people and stuff working from home. Uh, I'm lucky. I, I don't live too far away from my work, but think about big, big cities and stuff. You know, you take the commute out of it for a lot of those people. And I mean, that adds two to three hours to your day. Um, I mean, here, you know, I live in the DC, I live in Baltimore. I live in the DC metro area. Before COVID, I commuted from uh, Maryland to into Virginia through DC and that traffic is horrendous. Mm -hmm. Now, luckily when I set up my company, FunFit, which is a kid's fitness company Mm -hmm. back in 87, I had little ones. So our classes, which are for parents with toddlers and young children, they're purposely start, they start at like 9.30, 9.45, mm-hmm. and they end around noon, the morning classes, mm-hmm. purposely so that I could pick up, take my kids to preschool mm-hmm. and pick them up, you know, at the other end in time. So they mm-hmm. were designed that way but that's what just like you said that's what corporations need to start considering they need to have that flex schedule you know if you have to drop your kids off how much less stressful is it to know i have to drop my kids off but i don't have at nine but i'll have to be to work till 10 right you know and then i it traffics what it is you know it's better at that time than it is seven or eight yeah, I mean it's um it's been kind of like anxiety inducing to get introduced back into our uh quote unquote normal not normal, you know. Um so as of right now, my um my two youngest are in daycare. They've been in daycare. The time restrictions have kind of been lifted, so they're definitely back to like a normal state of what I would consider. Um for the past couple of months, my oldest daughter who is in kindergarten she does um, three days virtual, two days in school. However, we've had snow days, which is kind of rare for Kentucky and stuff. So it's been, um, even though we don't, they don't have like real snow days. So instead of a real snow day, they deem it a virtual day because they have the ability. And I, I mean, I get it. Like, obviously everybody wants more summer and stuff, but at this point I'm like, can we please have like a for real snow day? Because I need like a day off from being teacher, you know, so I can like actually get work done. Um, so anyways, our teachers in our County have been going through and getting the uh, COVID vaccine. So, um, in two weeks, she will go back to school four days on one day off. And I'm just kind of like, do I really want to go back to work four days a week? Like, that sounds really terrible if I'm being honest. So again, for me, uh, just kind of like, that narrative and then also kind of having that gut feeling it just like re-emphasizes everything that I'm feeling like this desk job this job that I thought I wanted for the better part of my life it's it's not it and it's not it's just not what I want uh for myself or my family now so you know it's um yeah it'll be interesting to like kind of navigate going back into work and stuff you know I 
I always kind of felt that when my kids were little and I was doing fun fit, it was kind of on a part-time basis when I was leaving the home and, uh, you know, my, you know, the administration part was still in my house, but I always felt like part-time work, honestly, if you could afford to do that was kind of the best balance Mm -hmm. because you got to go out there in the world. You got to stay home with your kids. You got to be the mom, you know, that's there with your kids. I was always there. My kids' entire lives, for the most part, I was there when they got home from school, no matter what grade they were in. Uh, I was there for their friends and and things like that. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's some people don't have the luxury of part-time work. Yeah. People are single moms or single dads and they've mm-hmm. got to work. They've got to bring in food. They've got to have a place to live, you know, yeah. transportation, electricity. So it's, it's really important to not just recognize the needs of your family, but also the needs of yourself, because yeah. all that stress that you're under, mm. it's, you know, you know how you can always feel stress, you yeah. know, people go, you can cut it with a knife because mm-hmm. everyone feels it. Yeah. And we were talking about even like, you know, when you mentioned, you know, that you were breastfeeding, mm-hmm. even that, you know, I had a, a parent reach out to me recently and she was like, it's, it's not working and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you know what you do? You go get a bottle if it's mm-hmm. not working. There are herds of humans roaming, roaming that were bottle fed that mm-hmm. made it fine, yeah. just fine. So that stress that she's under, number one, it's affecting her milk. Number two, that baby feels it. And all the crying and everything is because she's so stressed out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to just go get a bottle filled with formula and feed your baby. Yeah. So she's not hungry. You're not freaking out. I, I lived that with my first daughter. And not listen to everybody in the world you've got to do what's best for you you know what you need and you have to stop listening to other people tell you what you need yeah I think one thing that's so suppressed is just listening to our intuition and gut you know it's just um and it's you know I mean that's just come back into play for me for like the past like three years you know it's like oh, you know, listen to your gut and okay, sure. Like, but my God, when you really start doing it, it's, it's, it's life-changing, but I can speak to, you know, the breastfeeding thing. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked about it before, but I struggled so bad with my first and it was just, um, I read one book and I was like, oh, I got this. I can do this. And there is nothing like it when they place that baby in your arms and she puts her mouth on you and it feels like razor blades. Like, um, I was like, Oh God, is this what I'm going to have to do for like the rest of everything? I mean, I was just, um, but because I'm so hardheaded and because I am so determined, um, I did it for the pain was not there for the pain was there for way too long. The pain was there for like three months, uh, way too long, way, way, way too long. I breastfed for uh, the first year of her life. Um, regardless because I was so determined and hardheaded, I breastfed her through so much pain and she was not getting enough milk. She was not extracting enough milk from me. 
she was crying all the time. I was crying all the time. I was stressed out all the time. Um, fast forward to now, the six-year-old that I have, she is the biggest ball of anxiousness I have ever seen in my whole life. And I fully and firmly believe that um, she inherited some of the anxiety from me, but she absorbed that anxiety from me, especially in those first six months of her life, because I just, I stayed stressed out. Um, I denied postpartum depression for a very long time. I was just like, this is not me. Like, I'm not a depressed person. Like, this is not it. Um, I kept telling myself like, oh, if I like take a shower and wash my hair every day, then I won't be depressed. And while a shower does you good, like it's obviously not going to uh, prevent postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, And it's almost like by the time I finally acknowledged like, okay, like there's an issue, you have something going on with you that requires further help. Um, I mean, it was already six months in, that's six months of her absorbing all of this like stress and anxiousness and depressed yes. and I, I I just uh, um I felt I felt yeah I felt guilty for a long time I felt yeah. guilty like okay I did this but I mean it's like I don't anymore I've kind of I've dealt with that like I don't feel guilty anymore but it's like she is who she is because of what we went through type of thing and I do I do hate that it I waited again. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. And I don't, I can't even say that if I did know any better that I would have went a different route. So it's just because all of that, that you experienced and that your daughter now has, that's happening to a lot of kids too. I just went live about bringing them back into society because, you know, I have friends that, that, um, or I should say parents I know that like have totally kept their children secluded during mm-hmm. this year. And now to for them to go back into society, they're ultrified. They absorb yep. all that fear. That illness is out there. That illness is on the other side of the door. And if I go outside, that's what's going to happen. And yep. so there's so much work we have to do to help our kids re- reincorporate back into society with everyone opening up but with COVID still out there because yeah a lot of people haven't you know haven't been the people that have been lax about it and not that that's good but people that have still you know operated with caution worn masks maybe they've gone out to dinner with Mm -hmm. their family maybe they've gone to parks their children will have a little bit more transition because a little easier transition because you know they've had the opportunity to go out and know that I went outside and I survived yeah but some of the kids that are are, have absorbed all that anxiety that their parents have yep just like their daughter they're going to have a really rough time of getting over this fear that's been instilled in them yep agreed agreed 100 percent yeah it's 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 hard. Society puts so much pressure. And I know you had said at the beginning that no, no one's really gone through this. And we've had pandemics. Yeah, sure. And mothers have gone through it. But the last one was so long ago. And a lot of mothers at that time didn't work. There were, wasn't mm, yeah. working 
mothers like there yeah. are working mothers now. Right. So, so you have mothers that didn't have, not that it's not a strain to have the kids home, but you don't have the, oh my gosh, I have to work full time yeah. on top of parenting my family full time. Yeah. And how will this not butt heads and crash? So it's, it's, it's quite the challenge and society puts all this stuff onto us, to everybody that you get the, the great opportunity to feel guilty about if you're mm. not achieving. So yep. you've really got to know yourself. You've really got to oh, dive yes. deep. How is this going to work for me? Mm -hmm. Have to reach out for help. If you need help, if you can't get organized, you can't get the schedules in place, the routines in place, reach out. Mm -hmm. I, you know, to me, to, to, to you, to anyone that's offering help right. to figure out a better way. Mm -hmm. That's the sign of strength, not weakness. To know, you know what, that this isn't working. Yeah. I need somebody to help me. Clearly, I'm not going to help here. Let me find someone to help help right. and get help. Yep. So anyway, Keisha, I've had a wonderful time talking to you. Is there any last words before you tell people how they can find you? Um, that you would really like to advise parents on all of, on basically dealing with social pressures and social situations that you find yourself in? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I found that uh, the social pressures also came with a dose of people pleasing. Um, and I have gone through very intense therapy to rid myself of, you know, of the, of the people pleasing ways and trying to let go of what society expects of me, um, kind of piggybacking off of what you said. Uh, I will say it from someone who has always struggled with asking for help. Um, and it bugs the crap out of my husband so much, but, um, if, even if it's simple ask, because you have to start somewhere, you know, it's like a muscle you, um, you, you don't, you know, you don't just like all of a sudden go lift a hundred thousand pounds, you know, it's, you have to slowly build up. It's the same thing. Um, when you ask for help, it's you start simple, like, Hey, can you watch my kids for 10 minutes? Okay. Now maybe 20. I mean, it's just something that the more you do it, the more comfortable you will get doing it. And trust me, I still, my muscle is not quite as big as I would like it to be, but it's getting there. So yes, definitely ask for help. Um, you would probably be surprised how many people would be willing to help you that you probably have in the back of your mind, like, oh, they wouldn't do that for me type of thing. So yes, um, definitely ask for help. Exactly. And, you know, and I love that you mentioned taking small steps because small steps lead to giant strides, you know, mm -hmm. so start with a small step, say 10 minutes, like you say, because mm -hmm. you come over it. And if you're having a new baby and you're overwhelmed, because let me clue you in, we're all overwhelmed. When we're overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> Someone comes over and they're like, oh, go take a nap. I'll watch the baby. Say yes. Say mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. I'm going to go take a nap. You watch the baby. Because number one, they want to be with your baby anyway, and they want to mm. hang out with your baby. That's what they came over for. I mean, they like you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but mostly they want to see the new baby. But if they offer you that, do it. Like, 
I watch my grandkids ever. I sleep at my daughter's house on Tuesday nights and I watch her two children every Wednesday. And I called her this week because she's been very stressed out at work and there's a lot going on. And I called her earlier in the week. I said, Wednesday night, you and Chris go out on a date. You know, I, I'll, I'll hang with the kids. My greatest joy in the world anyway. And I'm <laughs> like, go, go do, go out to dinner or whatever you need to do. And she didn't answer me because she was busy because work has been like a nightmare for her. But um, then when I said, I said, did you get my text? And she was oh yes, yes. We want to go out for dinner. I'm like, good, go. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I don't she knows it, but I think she forgets. But, you know, take time out, go on a date night, ask somebody, even if you go to a restaurant for an hour, an hour and a half and come back. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing. Go, you know what, you know what my family loves to do is, and, and uh, my, my son-in-law has my daughter do this all the time. He buys it for his gifts is we go like to stay at a hotel overnight. And I don't care if the hotel's like down the street. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, well, nobody's there. Like the last time Lauren did this, she called me, she goes, I'm just laying on the bed watching movies. And it's quietly <laughs> here, you know? Yep. You've got to do those things for you. You yep. have to, you're not being selfish. Get that word out of your head. Mm -hmm. If you're not any good, if you didn't get from this podcast that you need to be you and you need to be relaxed and you need to be happy, you just are just, you know, bleeding stress mm -hmm. all over the place. Yep. And it's doing no one good, especially you and especially your kids. Right. So think about you and care about you and do like you said, what's in your heart mm -hmm. and what you know is right. And if, if you feel like you're overwhelmed, then just like you did, walk out to your partner and say, look, the buck stops here yep. <laughs> right now. Yep. I'm leaving. I'll be back in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice knowing you. I'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, Keisha, always a pleasure being with yes. you. Yes. And thank you for coming on and thank you for shining some light into the way we all feel the pressures of society, of family, of friends, of people that are good intention, mm -hmm. but cause us even more grief, yep. make us feel even more guilty. You know, I'm Jewish. And let me tell you, you know, guilt runs rampant in Jewish mm -hmm. mothers. I mean, that's how, you know, we learn. <laughs> You operate, you know, we learn to love you. We want to feel guilty. They will help you. But stop feeling guilty. It's a waste of time. Yep. And and you're all doing wonderful. The fact that, you know, you're doing your best, what more can you ask? Right. So anyway, thank you so much for yes. being on. I thank really you for having it. me. Yes. You're awesome. <laughs> and Everyone listen to the Kentucky Mama podcast because there's a lot of great stuff there that you will be like, oh, I really relate to that. Thank you. And uh, here's some, some great ideas to overcome and be you. Everyone else is taken. <laughs> All right. I will uh, say goodbye to Keisha. Goodbye, Keisha. Goodbye. Thank you. And all you listeners out there, as always, I wish you your days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. You know, laughter really is the best medicine. So 
start laughing, great stress reducer. And I'll see you here next time on the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com to grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, good news, now there is. You can pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, my newest release on Amazon today. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone can blossom from. Have yourself a really fun day. Bye-bye.